Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. We often point out that the best part of this show, despite our our three winning personalities, is you and your fellow listeners. Today we are putting our money where our collective mouth is with a little bit of listener mail. Hi, I'm Ben. I am Nolan. My mouth is uh, is on my face, but when we when our with our mouths combined, we become a collective mouthpiece that is broadcast throughout the internet. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what podcasting is, right? In many ways, yeah. And uh, where would our mouths be without our super producer Casey Pegram? Uh, you know, out of context, that sounds weird, but I support it. Well, I was going to say without the mouth of our super producer Casey Pegram, because he is part of our mouth trifectorate. Yes, yes, he is part of the collective mouth. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show today, Casey. Uh, you know, one thing that I, I don't know if everybody is aware of is that when we get emails or when we get tweets or Facebook comments and posts, all three of us get these. So we're all we're all collective. So if you if you say something, if you say something sideways about one of us, the other two know. Yeah. And we'll come at you. <laughs> we will. We we'll are, come at you. We're quite protective. The full force of all three of our mouths, because I'm just going to keep this mouth thing going. Sure. Uh, we receive a lot of, we receive a lot of insightful, brilliant, well-written, and at times hilarious email. And uh, every so often we reach the point where we say, this is too good not to share with everyone else. So this is a little bit of a grab bag episode. We're going to explore some of the 
fascinating correspondence we've received. Spoiler alert, we won't get to all of it, but if you have sent us an email, uh, gird yourself, my friends, because you may be making an appearance on air. Also, if you want to send us an email, now that you know they go on the air sometimes, uh, feel free to chime in. Our email address is ridiculous at iheartradio.com. Yeah, it's true. So hold on to your mouth holes because things are about to get uh, ridiculous. Because that's what we do here. It's mm-hmm. in the name of the show. We're, we're literally, it's in our contract. We have to have a certain percentage of ridiculousness in each episode or we get pay cuts. We also have to have, you know, historically, we have been a ridiculous show. I, I wonder how long we we have to be on the air before we start referring to stuff about our show in that historical sense. Have we been on a year? Has it been a year? It's been more than a year. It's been more than a year? Yeah, it's been over a year. Yeah. Casey on the case. So can you give us the exact number, Casey? Can you give us the date of episode one, episode zero? Because you love being put on the spot. This is yeah, this, this would be the one time I don't have my laptop open, so I can't just pop over to the master meta document, peek behind the curtain. We have a master meta document. I, I got it. Hang on. One. So we're, we're coming up on two years. We have the date of our very first full episode. It's not a trailer or anything when we made all those wild, ambitious promises. Uh, the date and title of our first episode was... Why do British lawyers wear wigs on October 24th, 2017? 2017. Was it, was it me or was that sort of, did that drum roll wear out its welcome a little bit? It's a long one. I found this old thing from uh, Stuff You Should Know Days, uh, a sound machine, a handheld sound machine called Sound Bites. Uh, it has things like car crash, charge, whistle, but as you can tell, they're all a little bit too long. Do you feel that too? They're a little too long, and it feels like the batteries in that thing haven't been changed since like the late 90s. So they're starting to take on that kind of bit-crushed quality, which I sort of like. I enjoy honest. that, yeah. One thing that was interesting about this, Noel, is that uh, this speaks to the positivity of our crew. The applause button no longer works because we were always hitting it for each other. <sighs> I know, I know. I walked in on one of our producers for a different show and made this big to-do about how he's going to applaud him, and it was just... Nope, there it is. It came back. It came back. It came back just for the show. It doesn't even sound like applause anymore, does it? No. Well... We are applauding you, everyone who wrote in. We've got some stuff that made all three of us chuckle, laugh out loud, and most importantly, taught us some things we didn't know before, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, our first one comes from Kimberly M. Um, She says, Hi guys, I'm a big fan and came across a topic recently that I'm dying to hear you discuss. Trial by ordeal. It's the practice of proving one's innocence of an accused crime by participating in a dangerous or painful task and either avoiding injury altogether... Uh, which would be credited to some sort of deity, or to heal well from injuries incurred. Uh, These trials occurred across the world, ranging from burning to boiling to drowning to poisoning. The list goes on. Really boggles the mind that one would have to submit to torture to keep one's good name. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, And boy, oh boy, do we have some thoughts on this. The thing is, this maybe could be an episode unto itself, but... I don't know. I like I like doing these in little nugget-sized ones, and this one might be a little too heavy as a whole episode. So why don't we go into a little bit about trial by ordeal? Yeah, it's very true. Trial by ordeal 
um, in, for about 400 years uh, in the early 13th century, actually between the 9th and 13th century in Europe during very particularly vexing cases that were lacking in any kind of evidence, um, these these systems decided that it would be a good idea to put it in the hands of God. What better way to do that than to uh, expose a defendant um, to, you know, the tortures of the damned? Everything from, you know, waterboarding type things, being dunked in pools of holy water, or to walk across burning uh, coals. There would be the ordeal of having boiling water poured on you or uh, being burned by a brand. Um, in, in, in certain cases, there were even uh, examples of folks being plunged into cauldrons uh, in order to fish out some sort of like trinket, kind of like bobbing for apples only in uh, boiling water and using your hand instead of your face because that would probably kill you instantly. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because there's a great article on mental floss as well about trial by ordeal. And what's interesting about what you're saying uh, regarding trial board by ordeal in Europe in the 13th century is that it was forbidden by Pope Innocent the third in 1215, but it was already so prevalent that people people kept practicing it. It even came to colonial America. It's a uh, process found in India, Southeast Asia, different parts of Africa. It's in the Ramayana, the Old Testament. Uh, and, and also, this is, this is interesting. I like what you said about the different types or different genres, because let's see, you already mentioned some of the the I hesitate to call them greatest hits, but some of the more common ones, uh, trial by hot iron, water, hot water. Uh, th- there's there, there are a couple that I thought uh, you would find really fascinating. There's trial by host, and this occurred in Christian communities. The priest would go before an altar, pray aloud that God would choke the accused if they weren't telling the truth, and then they would feed the host, the Holy Eucharist, to the accused. And if they were guilty of lying or guilty of the crime, they would choke on the thing or had difficulty swallowing it. This was one of the easiest trial by ordeals. There was another one called the trial by ordeal bean. Uh, The bean? B-E-A-N, yeah, a calabar bean. So someone would be accused of witchcraft, and then they would have to eat these beans. If they threw the beans up, they were innocent. And if they digested them, they were guilty. But the problem is that most of the people who digested the beans were killed by the effects because the bean contained something called physiostigmine, which was similar to the effect of nerve gases that might have been used in war. So you would die of asphyxiation. It's tough, man. That's not a that's not a good way to go out. But you were telling me off air, Noel, that uh, there are some people arguing trial by ordeal actually functioned, right? Like it actually worked. It wasn't in kangaroo court. Well, I mean, it's certainly <laughs> historical retrospect was something of a kangaroo court because it was judged by members of the clergy, priests during parts of these special masses uh, and during these ceremonies, um, the priest or the judge would ask God to show the court the uh, guilt or innocence of the defendant uh, in order. And the thing about it is like, yes, it's a kangaroo court because it's basically just torturing them and punishing them openly. And then, you know, hopefully they won't die or they, you know, limp away just just alive enough to be (laughs) be considered guilt-free, right? Yeah, yeah. As long as there is uh, justice in the universe. Step into the world 
of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. You know, one thing that was interesting, I had also seen trial by ordeal apparently may not have gone away completely. We mentioned that ordeal being right. There's another thing very similar in Madagascar, trial by tagina tree or cerebra odalum. It has, uh, the nut of this tree has something called cerberin in it, which is related to a toxin found in foxglove. And this can cause the heart to stop beating. It was used in Madagascar against people accused of witchcraft for like 500 years. And in the 1800s, it was responsible for over 2% of the deaths in the country every year. It was banned in 1861 but it's still used in cases of homicide and suicide in Madagascar. And the trial by ordeal using the nut of this tree continues in remote areas of Madagascar today. Mm. We could do it. We could do a two-part episode on this. You think so? Well, as long as we don't have to subject ourselves to trial by ordeal. Is it too late? Can we still do it? Or is this too many spoilers to, to, to allow I, us? I think we could still do it. There's a lot here. And hey, maybe... Maybe that will be our trial by ordeal. How meta is that? 
I'm down for it, Ben. I, you know, yeah. it's, it really reminds me of, and I think this has come up in some way before. I can't remember. We talk about a lot of random stuff. But uh, the feats of strength in Festivus, you know, in the Seinfeld show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is like that, only much more mean-spirited and much more likely to to kill you as opposed to just like a little bit of a weird flex. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of weird flexes, we recently heard from a listener that we will refer to as Wayne because that is his name. <laughs> Not exactly a, a pseudonym here. Uh, so, Wayne, you wrote to us and said, Hey, guys, does this email address still work? We said, yes, this is us. And then we opened the floodgates. Uh, Wayne has been going episode by episode and answering those questions that we pose at the end of each episode. So we're not going to read all of these, but uh, we'll we'll read a couple of choice ones. All right. So this is a follow-up email from Wayne called Another 10 Episodes Down. Wayne says, I think 10 at a time is good. I don't want you to be overwhelmed with the nonsense that I wrote. As always, be advised that I write these from my phone. So if something doesn't make sense, it's probably because I'm poor at proofreading. Let's get to it. Number one, meat jello. No, I'm not sure I'm happy with the knowledge of this food's existence. However, I never knew jello was used to store foods in the past. That was interesting. So the episode wasn't horrible. I did learn something not gross. Uh, No question in this episode, just a request to send in more gross recipes, which I don't have. In parentheses, he says, I don't cook. And here's here's an interesting one. Check this out, Noel. He says, vitamin donuts. You remember that one? Uh, Vitamin donuts. This episode sparked a lot of commentary by me, so hold on. The episode reminded me of the time I brought my friend Taco Bell when he was sick, and I called it Vitamin Taco. I'm unsure if it helped his condition, but it was a good excuse to get Taco Bell. We get it, Wayne. You guys also mentioned In-N-Out Burger, but as an East Coast resident, I don't often get to enjoy In-N-Out Burger, but when I do, I absolutely love it. I'll have to agree with Noel's suggestion of a double-double animal style, but I generally get two of them because I'm a monster and I can't be sated with just one. Wow. You guys actually bring up Taco Bell, which reminded me of the time I made a taco sandwich. We didn't bring up Taco Bell. We did it. Surely we would never have brought up Taco Bell. At some point. I need to hear the tape back. Yeah, let's see. Let's see the evidence. Let's go back to the primary source. I want to point out that Taco Bell deserves a medal for all the strange things they've tried over the years. There was, most notably, I remember, the Taco Bell seafood salad, which just sounds like a terrible idea. Any notion of seafood from a fast food restaurant typically is a red flag for me. All right. So it is. What's a taco sandwich? Wayne says, "I'm glad you asked." Taco is a sandwich, dog. It's uh, it's it's too well. Is a wrap a sandwich? Different show. This <laughs> is it's it's two crunch wrap supremes, one five layer burrito, two crunchy taco supremes, one side of nachos with cheese, your favorite hot sauce from Taco Bell to taste. The crunch wrap supremes make up the bread of the sandwich. Those stay intact. Open the five-layer burrito, scrape the contents into the top of one of the V Crunchwrap Supremes. This is why I consider the condiments. You take your two crunchy taco Supremes and mash them up into a taco salad-like condition. That's the meat of your sandwich. And then you add the nacho cheese and the hot sauce. I don't suggest this if you're on a diet or if you're a normal human person. 
Ah, question, what is my favorite failed food craze? Not sure I had a favorite, but once I heard of this cookie that was advertised as such. If you eat this cookie, you will lose weight because your body burns more calories than the cookie has. This was proven false, of course, but it really made me wish a food like this was real. Hmm. I, you know, dare to dream. I might try out this sandwich. I might follow Wayne's instructions here. You don't think you'd drop dead instantly? I think it would take me a while. You know, it would be a trial by ordeal. There you go. See, look how we tied that together. We brought it back. Uh, thanks so much for writing, Wayne. Uh, although we're not reading the entirety of these emails on air, we got to say, I appreciate your dedication and look forward to reading more. As do I, and I think we'll do just that, with one from LeVar J. And this comes as something of a correction, I guess, or a, I don't know. Let's, let's, let's decide what we think it is. Um, afternoon. I've developed – I love this preamble here. It's really nice before he gets to the, the meat of it. I have developed a deep affinity to your podcast and listen intently for the two-plus hours of commuting time I have to and from the office daily. Enjoy hearing you both discuss items both in interest to me, my wife, and our five-year-old son, though sometimes he wishes we listened to Kids Bop instead. Boy, do I understand where you're coming I from. I mean, now. that's – we're listening to Kids Bop before and after this show. I have always one earbud in with Kids Bop blasting at all times. It just kind of grounds me. I find it endearing. It is. Uh, I'm in the process of starting from the beginning and listening to all of the previously produced podcasts. These are just as entertaining. Now to the purpose of the email. I've heard you both use the phrase young bucks when describing young soldiers or young gentlemen. It isn't well known, but something I feel important to bring to your attention. The term young buck is quite a historically racist phrase that stems from plantation owners and slavery supporters referring to young black males as young bucks. I myself wasn't brought into the knowledge of its etymology until I was a young adult and discovered the history on this and other terms while completing my collegiate minor in black studies. Growing up in Virginia, there were some in-your-face instances of race and profiling and some less subtle methods like the use of that phrase. I know you both are socially conscious and speak truth to power and hope you can acknowledge its existence and history to your audience. Don't know, maybe a future episode can come about to understanding where racist phrases and names are derived and why they are used today. May provide an opportunity to educate your fans on where and why words and phrases may seem innocent but tend to come from a pretty checkered past. Uh, and then he links us to a site uh, called Men Without Pants, Masculinity and the Enslaved by Carrie Lee Merritt from a website uh, called Black Perspectives, A-A-I-H-S dot org. And it indeed does, this word, have quite a checkered past. And it was sort of a, a very demeaning term, buck in particular, of kind of uh, dehumanizing uh, black slaves and mm -hmm. treating them like uh, cattle and property and calling them, you know, but also being able to admire them as some sort of specimen that could do a lot of work or that was something to remark upon because of strength and virility, but completely robbing them of any semblance of humanity and personality and, dare I say, a soul. Well, this sort of, this sort of othering is unfortunately incredibly common throughout history and i i immensely appreciate this email because it, it's weird that so many words and phrases we use especially in uh in a language like english do have these um horrific secrets in their etymology uh, buck itself is the is the pivotal phrase here because there would also be other modifiers that were added in front of that word. Uh, we can guarantee you that uh, it, it's safe to say the majority of people our age 
are not in general aware of this this phrase's past as a pejorative. Furthermore, it made me think of other things wherein the phrase buck is used. Like most people will use the phrase bucks to describe dollars or a dollar bill in the U.S. is a buck. Uh, But what about the phrase buck naked? You will hear people argue that this conjures up stereotypical images of uh, naked people forced to labor under the conditions of chattel slavery. So I think it's an excellent point that we should be mindful of the past, of the words we use, and we should always welcome an opportunity to learn more about them, which is why I'm a, I'm a huge fan of etymology. 100%, I am too. And I could, I swear that, that I, I always associated that term as we've used it as sort of like an old-timey thing that like, a, you know, a man in a fine suit would say referring to a, you know, a young upstart, like like he said in the email, a soldier or like some kind yeah. of young man, you know. Um, but you learn something new every day and it's certainly never our intention to say anything that's charged in, in any way um, other than with uh, ridiculousness. Right, right. The uh, goal of the show, and thank you, thank you for writing in. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity, and it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. 
This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Our next our next correspondence comes from Mike T. Mike T says, gentlemen, thumbs up for the Squirrel War episode. A few members of the family have issues with squirrels, so they will definitely enjoy this story. Speaking of pests, you like this pivot here? Speaking of pests, my parents' neighborhood here in Houston is diligently on the lookout for brown herons. My mom spends time in the backyard daily figuring out ways to scare away these birds so that they don't nest in trees. Our neighborhood even has a special heron watch with a hotline. Why, you may ask? I love I love when people put these questions in here. Last spring, for some unknown ecological reason, a plethora of these birds set their sights on the neighborhood. Points to you for using plethora correctly, Mike, by the way. One tree near my parents' home ended up housing more than 50 nests. According to my mom, that particular tree had to be cut down due to the damage that that many birds were able to inflict. Also, the residents of the house by the tree had to move out for an extended period of time because... One, there was so much poop that they were getting physically sick. And two, they could not sleep because of all the noise. As best I can tell, the key to success is frightening the birds away before they nest because once they lay eggs, legally nothing can be done to them. Anyway, my mom is in her backyard banging pots and pans and looking into investing in a super soaker water gun. The last word in water guns, by the way. Her neighbors considering using helium balloons to act as scarecrows. Talk about Alfred Hitchcock meets Stephen King meets Monty Python. Thanks, Mike. Invasive species. It's a real thing. I want to hear more invasive uh, species stories. Uh, And Noel, I think you in particular would be pretty uh, distressed if you walked into your backyard and saw 50 of the same kind of bird. Kidding me? That's my personal hell. Ben, (laughs) that's your trial. I don't know what I would do. It would be my trial. You know what? My trial would be it would be to walk barefoot through a flock of of uh, geese. I don't know if you would. I, I think you'd do it if you had to do it in to no, survive. It'd have to be nude. Uh, and that would be well, that would be what would up it, you know, because they, they would have to they would be pecking at my bare legs, uh, which are very pale because I don't really let my skin be exposed to the sun very often. So very tender. Uh, they would be plucking at my leg hair. I know this image is not something you signed up for in this podcast, but uh, there you have it. Uh, so take that and do with it what you will. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'd know, wear a breech of some kind, some yeah. sort of cod piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a, uh, don't do a loincloth because they can still get at the bottom. Then you, they'll snatch the loincloth. Right. And then, got, then look at me. You got to protect your little Australia, man. Ben, it's a medium Australia test. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, I, I just been, I'm in the habit of referring to everybody's personal down under as their uh, little Australia. But I love all animals. I love birds. And even I would not stroll through a group of them nude. That's just asking for uh, trouble. How would you know if I had come through the trial uh, unscathed? If my sanity wasn't completely just gone? If I could still stand upright after going through this herd? Well, trial by ordeal was uh, overwhelmingly uh, an unfair thing in most situations. Yeah. So your barrier for passing, and again, I'm not making these decisions, your barrier for passing will probably be something like walking through unscathed. Unscathed. So that could that would be up to the judges. So if they said, look, a goose bit him, he is a, a child of the devil. Could I, if I did make it through unscathed, could I get a badass medieval nickname like Noel Brown, the unpecked? 
I, I think I think it's worth considering. Uh, but thank you so much, Mike, for writing in. Keep us uh, keep us informed. Keep us abreast of this uh, heroin problem, which I had I had no knowledge of. And if you are listening and you are in a situation similar to that of Mike's mom and uh, her neighbors, let us know which species are invading your part of town. Uh, the more ridiculous, the better. Agreed. Um, I have one here that's a nice combo letter because it's part story, part personal salutation, and part correction. And I, I think we need to be taken to task for our mispronunciations and crimes against humanity when it comes to history. Um, this one is about Morse code. It says, I am catching back up on the most recent episodes. While listening to the tragic origin story of Morse code, I wanted to share a fun fact with you. The longest document ever transmitted was the Nevada State Constitution. It sat at 16,543 words. Jeez. It was sent in Morse code via telegraph from Carson City to Salt Lake City to Chicago to Philadelphia to Washington. DC. It took the initial operator seven hours to send that 175 page document. As I have just copied, and this is me talking, not the letter, I've just copied and pasted quite a bit of text from one place to another, uh, and it took me seconds. I feel the I feel the pain here. I just the idea of that taking so long. But at the same time, then the results seemed much more earned than they do today. So I appreciate that. Uh, the letter goes on. The reason that they sent it this way and not by the Pony Express or train, I was wondering that, was because Lincoln was up for re-election. He needed more votes and he desperately needed another state to tip the election in his favor. Nevada was central to the gold and silver rushes, but they did not have the minimum number of residents to become a state. They had 40,000 needed 60,000, but Lincoln pushed it through just the same. They were granted statehood on October 31st. Every year, the last Friday in October is Nevada Day, and all the schools are out and most of the businesses are closed. There's always a huge celebration, uh, and it sounds like something Texas would do, but we Nevadans are proud. Uh-oh, then he's about to go into the correction, and I think I've been saying it wrong the whole email. Let's see. Nevada? I don't know. Let's see, Ben. Uh, no, I know. I've also, got friends there. Also, a little correction. Y'all have been mispronouncing Nevada. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it to my dying day. Nevada. You have been saying Nevada, but it's really Nevada. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. What did he capitalize? He just put the emphasis on the duh instead of the va. What? I don't think that's right. You know, it, maybe it's not our place to say, but English is a living language, as I, as I always like to point out. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. He puts an H on the mispronunciation. So that would be Nevada, but it's really Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, yeah. That's just but still, the, the, the capitalization moving around is a little, it threw me for a minute. But yes, that's very true. So we're going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to commit to saying Nevada, but I'm going to really pronounce that duh hard because that's what you said to do, uh, Cammy. Also gives me a nice pronunciation key for the name, Cam-E. I look forward to your episode on Nevada. 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 No, I'm going to go even more cartoonish. Nevada. 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 When you say it like Nevada, it sounds like some sort of like Lord of the Rings incantation or something, doesn't it? I like Nevada because it feels like someone's about to play a banjo for some also reason. Also true. Also true. Uh, there are so many fun and little interesting things that make up our state's history. And we're overdue. 
We are overdue for a uh, state by a uh, new state centric episode. That old chestnut. That old chestnut. We can't stop now, or we shouldn't stop because it's it's an easy way for us to find episodes. Also as true. Well. <laughs> Just look at stuff that happened in states. <laughs> let's, let's do that. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, so uh, we knew going into this, we wouldn't have time to read every email out on the air, but we love doing these episodes and we are going to do more in the future. We hope that as you were listening along, uh, you were inspired to write to us, uh, to send us a ping. We can't wait to hear from you. Uh, you can take a page from your fellow listeners and write to us at ridiculous at iheartradio.com. You can also find us on the internet. We're like all over the place. Yeah, we are on the Twitters or on the Instagrams. I think we're Ridiculous History on both of those. If you want to get a peek behind the curtain, into our individual human existences. We're not just always sitting in this sweaty shipping container talking into microphones. You can check me out at Embryonic Insider on Instagram. You can also find me on Instagram. I am at Ben Bolin. I just posted, uh, usually it's getting kicked in and kicked out of different cities, countries, towns, and townships, but you can see me uh, hanging with my mom recently, and you can also see some clips from my improv shows. What about Villages. Villages are surprisingly um, welcoming. Yeah, for the first for the first day or so, but once once evening hits, they run you out of town on a rail. Mm, well, it's no no comment. Have you ever been tarred and feathered? I have not been tarred nor feathered. That looks that looks like a real. That would be a real ordeal. It's painful. You know, Walt Whitman was tarred and feathered. Did Seriously, I ever tell you that? no. Yeah. Okay, this is just one small historical fact. Uh, so Walt Whitman, before he became a uh, a much lauded uh, American poet. He was a school teacher, I believe, in upstate New York. Someone, someone check me on that. Uh, and he got in trouble for uh, accusations or allegations that he was being inappropriate with students. Ooh. And he was tarred and feathered. Was he proven to be innocent? Because I don't think I've heard this about He Walt. was not proven to be innocent. I learned what? about this when I uh, took he canceled? A, a Whitman class in, uh, in Le- college. Can I, am I allowed to read Leaves of Grass anymore? It's a shame. I think Leaves of Grass is amazing. I yeah. want the last part of Leaves of Grass to be read at my funeral. Okay. I, I can do that for you, Ben, if I'm invited. Oh, yeah. I meant to tell you. I'm sorry. It's a big production. I already have the guest list is full. Ben, surely I've earned my way into your funeral guest list. I'm sure there will be a reception at the end. We're going to do it like a wedding. Just go to the reception. Just invite me to the next one. To the next funeral. Sounds good. And hey, you guys are invited to the next episode of Ridiculous History. We'll see you then. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. 
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.